Well, hello, Congresso. How are you doing as you're getting back to your seat? Doing all right? Hey, let me promise you one thing. You don't have school tomorrow. Yeah. I made a couple phone calls and you don't have to go tomorrow. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, my name is Bobby. Um, I'm from San Antonio. Anyone else? San Antonio? Oh, come on. Anybody else from San Antonio? Hey, uh, let me do this. Um, I, somebody's from Texarkana. Was there Texarkana? Yeah. Um, so it's like on one side of the state. Anybody El Paso? No? Midland? Okay. Oh, man, that's pretty incredible. Um, I don't know. Amarillo, Abilene, Lubbock? Anybody over there? Pittsburgh? That's up there too, isn't it? No? What's south? Um, Corpus Christi? What do you say? I'm not going to get everyone, so we're just going to move on. Hey, so uh, my name is Bobby. I'm from San Antonio. Um, my wife's name is Hannah. I'll tell you a little bit about more of her tomorrow. Uh, we have two daughters, Ella and Olive. They are 11 and 12, soon to be 13. Um, I'm, I'm, they're not here with me, so I'm missing them already. Um, but a little shout out to them. I hope they're watching um, or no, they don't have to go to bed. They don't have school either. Um, but uh, I'm super pumped to be with you. Let me tell you this, just a couple of ground rules before we get going. Um, I was sitting where you were sitting when I was your age. Maybe not in this building, um, but when I was your age, I was dragged into a van, dragged across the state. Whether I wanted to go or not, I was at conferences like these. And it changed my life. And what we are doing together tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday is not an accident. It is not an accident that you're here, whether you like it or not, whether you were forced to be here or not. And what we are doing together is extremely significant. So when we sit together in these moments, I would ask that you would lean in. Not because of my words, but because we're going to look at the word, at God's word, and it has something for each and every one of us. I mean, it's also significant that this is Holy Week. Um, Sunday, Palm Sunday, this Sunday is what? Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So in this moment, we aren't the only ones that are gathered together in Jesus' name to lean in all the more, to ask the question, who are you? And what do you want from me, Jesus? Uh, just across this campus, while we are gathering, there's another gathering there of adults, students, college students, trying to figure out what this all means. And so it's significant what we're doing in this moment. We have a theme verse that was already read for us. John 8, 12, it says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Uh, let me just be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? Good. I was going to do it whether you said yes or no. Uh, I'm afraid of the dark. I mean, raise your hand if you're afraid of the dark. Now, I'm not, like, I'm not afraid of the dark. Like, um, 
I'm in my house and it's time to go to bed. And so I go turn all the lights off. I'm not that kind of scared of the dark because I could like close my eyes and traverse a lot like around in my house. Like I know where everything is. Unless you move it, then I would be scared and I wouldn't be able to know not to hit the couch or something. But I'm not afraid of that kind of the dark. I'm afraid of the dark. Like if I'm outside in a place secluded by myself and I don't know what's out there and it's going to get me. That's the kind of afraid of the dark I am. Um, I have some friends in San Antonio that um, for, I don't know, six or seven years now, every time they go out of town, they ask me uh, to watch their dogs. And they have a pretty strict schedule with their dogs. 8 a.m., 12 p.m., 4 p.m., 9 p.m. Like, it's regimented and they've got like cameras in their house and so I gotta go at the right time because I know that if I don't go at this time, they're watching. It's kind of creepy, but they're watching. So they asked me to watch their dogs. They uh, used to have two, but one died. It's kind of sad. But there's still one left. It was just old. One left and they asked me to watch their dogs and so I gotta go. And um, uh, 8 a.m. in the morning, that's not that bad. Sun's up. 12 p.m., sun's up, not that bad. 4 p.m., sun's up, not that bad. 9 p.m., guess what? Sun's down. So I pull my car in to the driveway. Kind of look around, open the door, close the door, beep, lock the door. And at this point, I'm just like, you can feel it, you know? You know that feeling of like, I always feel like, right? Slowly make my way to the door. You know that like walk that you're like, ah. <laughs> right? Get to the door, uh, unlock the door, get inside, close it, alarm pad. Let's go outside, dogs. Now, where do the dogs go when they go outside? Outside, you got to go back outside, 9 p.m., back in the backyard now. So I just made it through the front yard, and I got to go to the backyard. And so the whole time they're out in the backyard, I'm just like, come on, do your thing, do your thing, do your thing, do your thing. You're not doing your thing. Let's go inside. Treat. I'll give you a treat. Let's go inside. Make sure that they're good to go. And where do I have to go to my car? Outside. Now, here's what's in the front yard. The driveway if you if you're just visualize this with me, the driveway's out this way, my car's right here on my left, and on the right-hand side is a lining of bushes about six feet tall. Now, I'm 5'11". Okay, I'm 5'10". Okay, I'm really 5'9 like, and a half, but the bushes are six feet tall, and they're thick, and I don't know what's in the bushes, and I don't know what's over the bushes, because I'm not taller than the bushes, and so... Something's got to be in the bushes, right? I've been doing this for six or seven years now, and those bushes freak me out at 9 p.m. at night. By this time, it's like 9.15. Somebody's already watched me go in the house by myself, right? And I got to get back to my car. It never fails at 9 p.m. at night that I walk as quickly as I can to get to my car and get out of there because I'm afraid of that kind of the dark. past August, I just turned 40 years old. 
Don't you say happy birthday? Yeah, thank you. I just got smart as a 40-year-old. I got a light. And it's a cool one because it does this too. Look at it. And if I want to do this, I can do this. Red. Yeah. I don't know why the red would be cool, but it's cool. Hey, so I got something else. Because I'm feeling generous, I got somebody else one. Who wants one? Let's go. Yeah. There you go. You too can look as cool as me right now. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm, a, I'm turning it off. Uh, Jesus spoke to the people. I looked at it directly and now I can't really see. Careful. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. How many in this room want the light that leads to life? Okay, how many in this room want to be introduced to the light that leads to life? Okay, if you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 8, because I want to introduce you the light that leads to light. I don't want you walking anymore in the darkness afraid, worried, fearful, or anxious. That's what we deal with today, isn't it? Worry, fear, anxiety. We don't know what's going to jump out and get us often. And all throughout the narrative from Genesis to Revelation, we're told in God's word that the world that we live in is full of darkness. A world that is full of darkness that needs light to come in and illuminate things so that we would live in such a way, trusting and hoping, squelching our worry, our fear and anxiety. It's interesting, at John 8, verse 12, it says that Jesus spoke to the people once again. Say this with me. Let's walk in the light. Say it. Ready? One, two, three. Walk in the light. It's interesting that Jesus said he spoke to them once more. That means he spoke to them before this moment. And so if we rewind to John chapter eight, starting in verse two, I think it's gonna be up on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, if it's up on your mobile device, that's great too. If you're taking notes, this is John chapter eight, verses two through 11. It's the verses right before the illuminate theme verse. And it says this, at dawn, he, he is Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. It's really awesome to know and see that when Jesus came to this earth at just the right time, God loved the whole world so much that he sent his son as a baby, right? Wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Grew to be a 30-something-year-old man, and every time he stepped foot in a place, Jesus had compassion for people that he healed them. And he spoke to them in such a way that it was, uh, had such awesome authority it was astonishing. And so every time he showed up, people gathered to hear him. Very similar to a gathering like this. And so let's listen in. He sat down to teach them. And it was at that moment that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they brought in a woman caught in adultery. And they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught 
in the act of adultery. I was listening to my friend Jared Hall. I say we're friends, I never met him. Maybe I'll meet him later. But as I was listening to Jared, I was watching. Um, he said this. Sometime we've got dense. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, those that were supposed to know all the things that were said about Jesus, they should be astonished too. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery, you know how many people it takes to be caught in the act of adultery? Don't know where the dude was. Sometimes we've got dents. I don't know how you walked in this place. I, I don't know who you are. I don't know where exactly you're from. I don't know who your parents are. I don't know whether you only have mom or dad or it's grandma or it's uncle. I don't know what kind of experiences you have or don't have, but what I can guarantee is that we all have dents, as Jared said, right? Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and in the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say, Jesus? Now, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. They were not concerned with the woman in this story at all. As a matter of fact, we come to find out that they actually planted this woman in the situation she found herself in because she already had dents in her life, knowing that they could use her and set her up so that then they could bring her before Jesus to see what Jesus was gonna do with this situation. Terrible, awful, and all this was to accuse Jesus, to catch him, to trap him. But notice in this moment, Jesus's posture it's the same posture that Jesus has for us as we sit and stand here in this moment, as we gather together again tomorrow and on Saturday, as we head home. It says this, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone at her. And notice his posture again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Two times, two times, Jesus gets near and close. He humbles himself to be where she was. Lowly position. We can go low. We can be at a low place. And as we read these words out of John 8, we could also know that in that lowly, broken, hurting place, Jesus is willing to stoop down. Now, we don't know what he writes. Like, I wish I could maybe bring Jared out. He knows. I don't know. 
That's good. I should write that down. He stoops down and he writes on the ground. Some say it was um, the sins of this woman. Some say it was the sins of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Some says it was the names of those in the crowd asking the questions of Jesus. And we don't know. We can speculate all we want. What we do know is that Jesus makes himself low down with this woman. It's kind of an awkward moment. It's kind of a quiet moment. Awkward in that Jesus asks a question. Uh, you, without sin, throw the first stone. Uh, raise your hand if you are without sin. See how awkward that is? Like, of course, Jesus. Like, and everyone thought of the verse, right? Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short, right? He knew. Check out what happens here. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. They were ready, weren't they? The oldest to the youngest were ready to throw stones at this woman. She was caught. That was it. Jesus was going to respond in such a way that would give us actions to kill this woman because of her sin, and then we have got Jesus trapped because he approved of it. Or they were ready to throw the stones, and Jesus said, you better not throw the stones, and um, law says that they were supposed to stone this woman because she was caught in the act of adultery, so now Jesus is wrong again. So it's a lose-lose for Jesus. And yet, in the still, quiet moment, I wonder, I wonder, who is ready to cast stones at us. Like here at Congresso, but I know you. I know, I know you. I know what you did. I know what you said. I know when you said it and when you did it. And you're, you're singing and dancing. Shame on you. But Jesus is here in the moment to say the same to us. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she answered. And Jesus declares, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Maybe, just maybe, you had to get out of school, rush, pack all your clothes, dirty or not. You forgot your toothbrush. You've been stuck in a van, and they didn't even stop at Bucky's on the way here. Couldn't get my beaver nuggets.
But we sit here in this moment together, united with one thing. Each and every one of us should be condemned because we are sinners, because we speak in a broken way. We act in a hurtful way. Somebody has spoken to us in ugly ways. Someone has treated us in a nasty way. We've been afflicted, abused. We've afflicted and abused. And the condemnation is so just and worthy that we pay the price for our guilt. Yet, in this moment, we're reminded that Jesus doesn't condemn us. And hear these words. Go now and leave your life of sin. What Jesus is saying in this moment is get up and walk. Get up and walk, and don't just get up and walk, but walk in the light. Because in the next verse, he says, I am the light, and the light that I brings is a light that extinguishes darkness, and it's a light that leads to life because you're no longer in dark. And so walk in the light. Walk in the light. Uh, let me say this. Again, I'm just going to be honest. Congresso cannot walk in the light for you. Like, just coming to Congresso does nothing for you. Like, bummer. No, no. What Congresso does is it gives us an opportunity sets the stage, sets the mood, creates the atmosphere for us to decide what it is that we choose to do. And would we start here today by walking in the light, by saying, I need light for the darkness that I just came from. Back home is a dark place. If you only knew, Bobby, and I don't, but what I do know is that Jesus is light. And his light leads to life. So will you step out and walk in the light? I don't know what that means for you, but I know that there's a couple things it means. It means you have yet to choose the light, to choose Jesus, and the invitation for you is to start today. And the second thing is that there may be some of us that this isn't our first congresso, We've said yes to the light before, 
But it seems at times the light dims or we've lost our light. Would you walk back in the light? Here's the invitation. If you are a yes to walking in the light, if you are a yes to walking back in the light, I want you just to come up here. Come on. If you are a yes to walking in the light for the first time, would you stand up and walk up here? Just right here. If you were saying, yes, I've walked in the light, but it seemed to dim, I've seemed to lost my way, would you stand up and walk up here too? Because it starts here. To get up and to walk in the light. I'm going to pray for all of us in the moment. But before, if you are yes to the first time in walking in the light, would you stand up and walk here? If you've lost your way, if you've lost the light, if you're seeking to reignite the light as we encounter Jesus, would you stand up and walk here? Would all of us just stand together around the room? Come on. And would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you that at just the right time, you love this world so much that you sent your son Jesus. We thank you that he took the time to get low, to humble himself, to find himself near us in our worry, anxiety, fear, and brokenness. And thank you, Jesus, for declaring that you are light that you are light that leads to life. And so I thank you for those that stood and stepped out to walk in the light for the first time. I pray that you would illuminate their hearts and their minds, that you would guide them and direct them. That this would just be the beginning that they experience you in a real way, here and now, tomorrow and Saturday and as they head home. Forgive them, heal them, mend them, and create them in your light. And for those that stepped out saying, I have lost the light, maybe we've pushed the light away. Maybe it is dimmed because we haven't surrounded ourselves in the areas that we should have surrounded ourselves in. But here we stand too. They stand to reignite something inside them. Be light, be love, be grace, Jesus. That they may see you again too. And for all of us in the room, we submit that we need your light, Jesus. And that as we sing, that as we celebrate, as we have um, a prayer walk tomorrow, as we have breakouts, 
as we come back in the place and we seek you. So speak, lean in, and draw near. And God, as we close tonight, we thank you that this is not an accident that we're here. And we thank you that we have this place together in your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let me give you some direction. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you, I can see you. I, I want you to do this for me. You have to tell those around you what it is that you've decided to do so that you know that you are not alone and so that they know to encourage you and to love you, to guide and direct you. But before that, there are doors to my right, your left, right here. This is an exit sign and there's four doors. And there's some volunteers there. I think they're in like khaki shirts. They have lanyards, they're waving their hands. I need you that all of you that came up to go and meet with them. They wanna pray with you. They wanna get to know who you are. So go ahead, make your way down. You can go that way. You will be reunited with your group, I promise as soon as they get out of here too. As they walk out of here, let me say this in closing. This is just the beginning. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, this is just the beginning. Tell them we have only just begun. I love you. We'll see you soon. Bye.